And now, a word from our sponsors. Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas. HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. Summertime is here and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMart.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also, just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Vickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome. You're watching and listening to My Public Life as an American Nerd. My name is Eddie, and I'm here with Elaine Dietz. Eileen Dietz, uh, how are you doing? 
Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, I hear that you're very busy doing some more movies and uh, oh, doing crazy. shows. Yeah, it's been awesome. The, the the amount of movies that I've shot since September. Um, and I'm doing the first horror convention that I've done in, who knows, 14 months, something like that. So it's been 14 months since you've been out? Some, something, at least. So at this, least. this is your first one going back out? Yeah, I turned down some because um, I just couldn't deal with with the COVID stuff. Right, right. Did you get yourself vaccinated? Oh, God, yes. In March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for a booster. I'll do anything. You know, take a second. You guys out there, get vaccinated. What are you, nuts? You're going <laughs> to exactly. end up in a hospital and dead. The, the, all the people and we have as many cases now in Los Angeles as we did in March, apparently. And 95% of them have not been vaccinated. That's 95%. I'm, I get crazy about this. Uh, and then yeah. I have one thing, and then we can get off it. Did you get a polio vaccine? Did you get a measles vaccine? Did you get a smallpox vaccine? I don't know if you get flu vaccines. What are you, crazy? The <laughs> government's going to somehow be able to track you. I'm telling you, if they cared about you, they'll track you on your cell phone. They got all kinds oh, yeah. of ways. They're not going to put a chip in you. So get yeah. the goddamn vaccine. They'll Make this country Google. normal again. Yeah, we got to get back to normal. Um, I, I've been to a couple of shows these last couple of weeks and um, people still not taking it seriously. Um, another virus starting to come up and it's just get yourself vaccinated uh, before you go out in public and try to bring these numbers down. I agree with People you. People don't realize what it's like to, to to get COVID. And, you know, everybody in the world should walk through a hospital one day and see the people on respirators that they can't see their family. I saw a news thing about a woman who had a baby and oh, wow. they had to do it cesarean. And she said, please, please, please get vaccinated. I didn't get vaccinated. And oh, about. yeah. I mean, um, I, I would really wish even at conventions, they wouldn't let you in unless you were vaccinated or could show proof well, the, a negative test 72 hours before or something. The few shows that I've been to, um, one of them was in uh, Los Angeles County. It was in the city of industry. And uh, they wouldn't let you in unless you had a mask on. Even if oh. you were vaccinated. So, yeah. They wouldn't let you in unless what? You had a mask on. Oh. Yeah. And then they got to keep it on. And it's really yeah. hard for the guests, the celebrity yeah. guests, to be oh, yeah. there with the mask during the whole show. I mean, I, I have trouble breathing under a mask. But yeah, um, we do what we can. And, and it's different. Selfies have got to be different. Well, they, yeah. You're you not going to let people hug you that you don't know who they are and stuff like that. We got to bring those numbers down. And as long as people are not getting vaccinated or taking this uh, pandemic seriously, then they won't come down. But they're giving weed away if you get vaccinated. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's one place. Come on, come down, get your joints, you know. But <laughs> that's, that's in Los Angeles. Yeah, oh, I, wow. I just, but I don't think it's the people that smoke weed that aren't getting <laughs> they're, they're that, you know, high gluten. And evangelicals, you know. Yeah. Well, let's. They don't let's, believe in the right to choose. Um, do, that way, but but they believe that they can't make you it and live. Okay, we we have to get off of. But please, do you miss your fans? Anybody that's do, listening. Yeah, please get vaccinated. Do you miss your fans? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, except that um, you know they're online a lot. You know, and yeah. they, they keep in contact. And I've been selling a lot of my stuff that I sell at shows, uh, I guess, because people have the money. So huh. um, a lot of I have 5000 fans. So <laughs> um, a lot of people have have been in touch. But, yeah, it's you know, it's wonderful that I scared the living daylights. <laughs> so many people. Yeah. For those of you, a few of you that aren't familiar um, you did a movie in 1973. It started off your career, and that was The Exorcist. Oh, no, 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 no. 
No, I worked a lot before that movie. So you did it just, a lot? I did a lot of things in New York City before that movie. Did you do plays? Sorry? Did you do plays? Yeah, I did. That's how I got into The Exorcist, actually. Some agents came to see this play I was doing by a woman named Joyce Carol Oates, who actually writes about wrestlers. It was a, oh, wow. a, a, a prologue to one of her novels called um uh uh and some agents came to see the show and they called me the next day and they said are you interested in auditioning for this film called the exorcist they're looking for someone very small and strong who can act yeah did you did you happen to know about the book or read about the book or you just uh went for the audition for the part i don't know i don't know but she gave me the book when I had the first interview and say, mm-hmm. go home and read it. And the book is wonderful. I yeah. mean, it's even better than the movie. It's, it's a fabulous book. Anybody that reads out there, go buy it or buy my book. I have a yeah. book called Exercising My Demons. Exercising My Demons. That's right. Um, and that book tells the stories uh, that aren't in the exercise in the exercise movie, but tells your story. Of your life. How a little tiny five foot nothing girl with buck teeth and flatless <laughs> um, found herself uh, in The Exorcist. So it's a lot of good, uh, happy stories and sad stories how I actually became a working actress. And the guy who wrote it is a guy named Dan Louvier. I told the story. And um, He's just an excellent writer. There are parts in it that will make you cry. And everybody that's read it, which is a great compliment to me, said it was totally inspiring. And because I talk about dreams, if you drop a dream, it breaks. <laughs> My oh. sister, who's an author, has written mm-hmm. 18 books. She came up with that. But if you break a dream. So I talk a lot about dreams and all the negativity out there because uh, Everybody, including my parents, you know, when I was 12, um, you can't be an actress. You're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. You're not coming off of um, there was a period in between between like with Twiggy. I don't know if you people know her, but yeah. stuff like that. But right before that was um, Jane Mansfield and Bridget Bardot and all these, you know, like really sexy women yeah. with these big boobs. And there I was. Luxurious. I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. So I got a lot of negativity. And you just have to close your ears to it. Yeah. You have to follow your dreams. Yeah. Now, did what religion were you? Were you a specific religion? Did you believe in uh, the supernatural? Did you, now, I was, I was actually brought up agnostic, which, okay. of course, means prove, prove it to me. Mm-hmm. So I, um, no, I wasn't, I am now, but no, I wasn't particularly uh, a spiritualist either. My mother believed in the flowers <laughs> and the ground. I'm serious. Yeah. And she believed that's where God was. And my father and mother were both uh, big gardeners and they had rose bushes. And we got really upset as kids because they were in their garden instead of taking us out to play it an amusement park or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that, that that's where they were at. And uh, they were more definitely of a spirit than religion. While making this movie, did you have some scary moments? When I was a child? No, during the making of the movie, The Exorcist. You got to buy my book. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, we were scaring people. So, you know, we were obviously on the other side of the camera. So, um, you know, I had one moment where I said, um, I was so cold because most people know the room was kept at about five degrees. So you could Mm -hmm. see breath. And uh, Linda and I were the only people in these nightgowns. The whole crew and directors and stuff, they had wetsuits on. Oh, jackets and wetsuits. Um, and it was freezing. I said, dear, it's too cold. And as God is my witness, the sprinklers went off. (gasps) And so they had to open up the whole studio and, and, you know, including the bedroom. So there's 
tiny segments of the film that there's not uh, the breath coming out of the people's mm. mouth. So that was kind of, wasn't scary, but it was kind of, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we were the other side of the camera. So, you know, we scared people. Now, how was it in, in, in 1973 when this movie was released, Coast is Coast, there's only 23 um, theaters opened. And that first week it did $2 million. At that time, for that much money, that was a phenomenon that broke all the records of any movie that had ever uh, been on box office. Um, I think. But they were, they were very clever about a lot of things, too. Yeah. They were one of the first films that wouldn't let anybody on the set, including the press. So they built up this whole kind of what's going on in there. Then they wouldn't let people, I think the first time, they wouldn't let people into the theater until the screening started. And the new one started. So they took pictures of these huge lines, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they had the vomiting and, you know, the... the Fainting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That I seen they, they enhance that. And yeah. all of a sudden, um, they created, they just created this phenomenon that, you know, everybody had to go see it. And added to that, I must admit, is after the film, they said, Did you see that, that, that demonic figure flash on? What figure? The, the figure. It was only one. Now there's now yeah. four. But the, when Father Karras' mother came out of the subway, he said, no, I didn't see it. And, of course, there were no VCRs thing. <laughs> Too um, loud. Yeah. So people would actually go back to the movie in order to see that figure that subsequently scared the crap out of them. Yeah. And that figure happened to be uh, your figure. And the, and the movie was worth seeing, of course. You know, all that stuff when the men did anything it was bad. So, um, and, you know, then word of mouth and um, all that kind of stuff. People had to go see the movie. Now, you're, you're pretty much legendary in the horror movie uh, genre. Um, they call it a supernatural thriller. But you probably, you're the one that set the, the tone for that demon. That demon that showed for the, for the first couple of seconds, Pazuzu. Um, and uh, other movies follow that. Try to. Yeah, try to, exactly. And there was also um, other movies that that uh, kind of spoof it as well. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, spoofing the movie, I mean, the Linda Blair did one of those called Possess, mm -hmm. um, right. which I think is a <laughs> terrible idea. What, are you kidding? <laughs> you know? And for her to do it, I thought it was a really bad decision yeah. to do it. It's it's not a movie that I just don't think it's a movie that should be satire. Yeah, yeah. The Pope himself at the time he. Uh, um, I mean, once in a while in a big film they'll they'll do something, and um, they bought my film from uh, the vomiting part, uh, and they put it in. Um, um, <laughs> Oh, my mind is gone. I'll think of it. Tom Hanks uh, did it. Uh, someone who was... Oh, the Burbs. Oh, the Burbs, yes. And he goes in because he's so depressed and he sees my vomiting scene on the TV. So people have used it, but to spoof it is... I don't, I don't, I don't think it works. Do you? Um, to me, to spoof that movie, um, it's not really funny to me. Um, that movie alone was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And, um, I had to be 30 years old. I, I saw it when I was a child. I remember my mom taking us to the, um, the drive-in and I was, How old the, on, I was four. No four shit. Old. You're yeah. kidding. Yeah. Four years old. I remember going to see your parents uh, should be arrested for child uh, abuse. I know. <laughs> I remember that she said, you guys go to sleep, but we're still awake watching the movie uh, under the blanket. <clears throat> but I didn't say I, I saw that movie throughout my my life. And that was one of the scariest movies because the. Um, Did you understand it at four? 
No, not exactly. I knew I knew there was a demon. I knew the demon possessed her, and I knew the demon came out of her. But I I didn't understand how all that came about or what was going on with the priests and stuff like that until I got older. And when I got older, I understood the psychological effect that it could have on a person. And um, I watch, I've always watched it with friends around people. And it wasn't until my mid-30s that I actually challenged myself to watch it alone. And watching alone, it, it, and I had lights on. I, I got to say, I had the lights on. I'm watching it at my house alone. And it still gave that sense that someone or something or some entity is still around me or can be that this is a movie that's possible to happen. And that's the scary part of the movie. That's the thing that that got me. I'm not sure if it gets everybody else. But well, I think we create auras in our lives, good ones too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not only, but I think, you know, we definitely create angels looking over us and yeah. taking care of us. Um, it depends what, what you allow in. And I think it's a choice that and <laughs> when I got to this old age of mine that um, you can choose to be happy and protected right. and to find your own personal agents and angels. And um, I call them little miracles. I don't like coincidences or it was meant to be. I don't think anything's meant to be, but um, I call them little miracles and things we create in our lives. So I definitely think that um, we create demons in the form of what we're afraid of. And we're always afraid of things that haven't happened yet. You know, right? You right. know, um, so that's that old thing about living in the present. There's probably nothing that scares you right now yeah. in this moment, unless you're sick. I mean, you know, that's not a well, there's uh, no other movie that has had scared me in the past or even now that has scared me. Um, I, I'm a horror fan. I, I, I love watching scary movies, I've been watching them since I was a kid and watching movies like. The evil dead for the first time i kind of felt um it being funny instead of it being really scary the the original evil dead and then watching some of the horror movies that followed that one and i would find the humor out of those movies but i didn't see any humor in the exorcist <laughs> it was well what do you think my friends and i um particularly at conventions and stuff that we sit around we talk about what are the new classics what are you know, we, I mean, it, we just had an array of riches from, you know, the Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Evil Dead. Um, you know, you can go on and on about um, the, the classic movies of the 70s and 80s, early 80s. So we we're wondering what will still be playing 20 years from now that people will look up. Exactly. Uh, I mean, do any come to mind? Um, well, there there are movies that are are made in the past twenty years that have iconic um, figures, uh, and they have uh, iconic roles, and it's made movie to movie and made a franchise out of them, such as Freddy Krueger, uh, Jason, Michael Myers. Uh, yeah, but th- those were all still 80 films. Yeah, yeah, they're 80 films. No, I'm talking about 2000 yeah. and on. Yeah, like James yeah. Wan's films. Right. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, not necessarily the sequels, but that's true of everything. So, um, but what is the name of his film? <laughs> it starts with the C. It just went out of my the mind. The Conjuring. Yeah, the conjure. I thought the first conjuring was wonderful. Yeah, yeah it was good. Whether it's going to last, I don't know, but it definitely had scares in there. They just released the third conjuring, which I think it took the whole uh, franchise into a different direction. Uh, but I like. I heard the first it was two. awful. Yeah, it took it into a different direction. It it, it strayed away from. Uh, the feeling that there is an entity to there is a um, a creature rather than the entity. And I felt that that's the direction it was going to uh, go into where the conjuring itself, that, that aspect of getting scared or getting spooked by something that could be is more scary than 
a face or a figure or a mask. Um, but the feeling that it could happen and it leads and to the suspense. In the, in the middle of the night where you're sleeping. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, one movie, I, I don't think it's really scary, but it, it, set, it put that tone and that's The Sixth Sense. The Sixth oh, absolutely. Sense. But, it, and he can't make another film after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're exactly right. He's made several films. Uh, the devil. He was just had one come out. That, that people are saying, "Hello, yeah. you know what? What is this?" And people keep giving him money to make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't yeah. pronounce his last name. <laughs> I'm bad at that. M Night Shyamalan. That's good, Shyamalan. <laughs> I had yeah. to think about it. Yeah. Um, oh, the he, Sixth Sense was brilliant. It yeah, was, it was it was made brilliantly. I think the the way it was directed was was perfect. I think the 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 tones as far as it putting in the scary effects was perfect. Um, but I thought that movie was perfect the way it was. That he didn't need any um, special effects or creatures to come out and 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 a and pop at you or or have that. Um, that scary effect where he's it's it's gonna shock you no shock the cat you. jumping out of the wall yeah. <laughs> yeah. i i think that one is uh is it will be a classic for a but while you think do you think kids today know of um the sixth sense i had my my kids watch it uh just this past week um, yeah well but that's because you're a horror fan i'm, I'm yeah. talking about in fact, i think i'm gonna do a little poll this weekend i'm i think it I told you I'm going to Detroit to do right. Motor City Nightmares. Uh, I think I'll do a little poll when I when I see people of a certain age come up, you know, younger people, and right. see if they they know the movie. I'm I'm really quite curious because they should, but see if they see if they do. Of which I'm, movie, The Sixth Sense or yeah, The Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense yes. Um, I mean, I do that a lot. I mean, if you, oh yeah, I'm a big horror fan. Really? Yeah. Do you know about Rosemary's Baby? Rosemary's Baby was another oh, one. Well, Carrie, no. Carrie was another one. Um, actually, well, they won't. They won't look at black and white films, which is absurd. I mean, the first Psycho, uh, white. Psycho, just just that movie, and thinking about uh, his shock value. There was no shock value in that movie. That movie is no, the just is the end. Yeah, just is pure drama and, and, and the thrill of anticipation of seeing. Well, the shower scene something. is pretty yeah. shocking. Yeah, and it, but, you know, but it took seconds. That, that was seconds, and and well, because yeah. this is only seconds. Yeah, exactly, and that's all uh, it takes. You don't yeah. need the blood and gore and to scare somebody. Well, two things. Number one, I did a play with Tony Perkins uh, called Steambath in New oh. York, which which was marvelous, marvelous, darling, marvelous. And um, we uh, we became friends in in the kind of thing that we saw each other. We would sit down, talk, and stuff like that. We didn't go out for lunch, but and I saw him right before he died. He died of AIDS. Yeah. Um, I think he's a phenomenal. About getting vaccinated. Uh, um, he's a great guy. Um, and what was the other thing? <laughs> my mind, my mind is There's going. No, not that your mind is going. Is that that you got so much? What did you on. say right before? What he's did a, you say right before I mentioned a, Tony Perkins? Um, I was mentioning. Uh, we talked just, about just Psycho, the, and then we yeah, just, just the film itself. How, oh, black and white films. Yes, black and white films, and also the effects of not putting so much into the film to be shock value, but putting less in and making it more of a. There's a huge difference between what you call thriller nowadays and mm-hmm. what you call horror. Because uh, all these kids, you know, they'll pick up a camera and what you can do and make it look great and sound great and stuff. But there's no plot. There's no characters. There's no development. There's no art. There's just like you said, blood and guts and people pulling people's arms and legs apart and stuff. But if you don't have... You know, even God said, first there is the word. And in my mind, you don't have a script, you don't have anything. So don't make a movie until you can sit down and, and write a script. 
And so that's why I really differentiate between thrillers and horror. And some people, some things are kind of both, like Texas Chainsaw, God knows, has a whole lot of blood and gore in it, and others do. But basically... Well, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre... You know, the Exorcist, all these movies, um, um, that they're, they're thrillers. Right. And surely but, The Exorcist is. Um, I just like to differentiate between those things. I would like to know how many young people today appreciate Alfred Hitchcock um, and the movies that he's done. You and, just froze, so I don't um, know what you said. I said I, I would I would like to know today how many uh, of the younger audience would like would like Alfred Hitchcock and would go back and watch Alfred Hitchcock. Or you know, oh no, it's black and white. You can't watch yeah. it. It's black and white. We don't watch black and white. Yeah. And, Black and white's my favorite medium. I mean, it's in photographs and films. You brought up the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, that movie was in part uh, realistic, though. And the part of Ed Gein, um, he was actually put into several movies, like Silence of the Lamb, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because of the horror that he, in real life, committed. And they took parts of his uh, doing and put it into different Who? movies. Ed Who? Gein. Ed Gein. Ed Gein was a serial killer who who took uh, females and killed them and hung them inside of his um, garage and uh, put stored the body parts inside of his uh, his house and dug up his mom's grave. And see, that's a part of Psycho as well. He didn't want his mom to die. His mother died and uh, they buried her and he went up and took her body out of the grave. And I think it was, I think he's from Wisconsin and he is the, the, the true massacre uh, or not massacre, but he's the, 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 the true uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's the true uh, um, psycho. He's uh, also featured in Science of the Lamb. Parts of his life has been shown off in those movies. And so those movies are realistic, although they do have a gore factor to them, uh, over-the-top gore factor, well, especially uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I did a movie called Freeway Killer. Oh, and wow. now I can't think of it. I, I got I to gotta look it up. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think it's because I'm getting old. I think our minds are just you, you just are so busy. Like, so much the... information. Yeah. Um I played I played his mother talking about mothers. Mm -hmm. Um uh, it didn't really go that far, you know, as street I keep wanting to think uh, Richard Donner, but it wasn't Richard Donner. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna have to figure that out. <laughs> There are plenty of mother roles in movies that um, the, the mother in Carrie to me was more scary than Carrie herself. Oh, I think that's true. <laughs> you know, just the the fact. Forgive about, me, I'm looking down oh, no, because no. I have to find out. Um, <laughs> Freeway Killer. About. Yeah, my own movie, Freeway. Go on, you can talk. <laughs> Freeway Killer. Um, the, the mother in um, oh William Bonin it was William Bonin oh okay who probably wasn't as popular as, as some other people but you know that's who, what he used to do uh, he would pick up young boys on the freeway that were hitching oh yeah and take them home and abuse them sexually abuse them and whatnot until they were dead right. and uh, oh well first he think you know they, they were, most of them were gay. Yeah. Um, or many of them were gay. Gay so prostitutes. He, who? Gay prostitutes that he had yeah. picked up and yeah. Yeah, or just people who were hitching, both. And he would take them home, and they would think that there was a relationship going on, and then he would kill them. So I played his alcoholic mother, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, she, she she's. Naturally, she was a crazy mother. She was one of those mothers with her pet son and could do no wrong and stuff like that. So anyway, people out there, you're looking for a movie you'd like to you know, have fun with. It's called Freeway Killer.
Now, you have an extremely uh, large list of movies that, excuse me, that you have been in the past. How many movies have you been in? I am to be says 140. 140. Okay. <laughs> some of them I don't even remember. <laughs> and some of them um, that you were in that, um, that I, I don't even remember you being in them, but I saw you credited for them. And that was like Halloween 2, the remake of uh, oh, Rob man. Zombie's movies. Yo, and, and I could go out and shoot some people. I, I, was, I, it, was, I, it was such a great little scene, uh-huh. and they cut it. And it wasn't that long, but it was really funny at the beginning of the movie. And why not put the humor in it? I mean, I play this lady living outside of Haddonfield who calls SpongeBob, of all people. Uh, <laughs> who... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 there's someone, and it was Michael Myers. You know, this, he's big and he's hairy and he's something. Like and I'm very sweet. Yeah. I said, well, I just don't know what to do. And da 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 da. And does he, does like, he have a does he, he says have... Bigfoot? <laughs> no, it's not not Bigfoot. <laughs> and then he goes, Oh, some rabbit? And then I lose it. <laughs> it ain't no fucking rabbit. And <laughs> uh, I said, Oh, she's gone, you know, and go back to that. Um, and they just cut it for absolutely no reason because the movie is so dark and uh, you know, methodical. That he doesn't no. have an edited uh, unedited version with your part in it i'm surprised no that, not yeah. even in the director's cut the director's if you want to see it you have to look at the deleted scenes okay wow and uh it you a lot of money you did another <laughs> movie with the rob zombie didn't you no no just the, there's just the one okay yeah okay. but a nice really really nice he said it wasn't his fault he said excuse the expression it was weinstein's fault <laughs> oh geez <Harvey. laughs> um yeah. What a pathetic song. Um, yeah, they just had footage of him being transferred to LA. It's oh, really? Pathetic. Just pathetic. Yeah. I can't imagine what goes on to his mind. A huge icon in the movie industry, just a falling star. But it's... But, you like, know, a lot of that went on. And just, yeah. you know, God knows, you know. I could tell you a bunch of Me Too episodes that happened to me. Um, I was never raped. No, thank God. Never put myself in that position. But I'm not excusing him because he crossed the line. Oh, yeah. But God knows. And certainly in the 80s, 90s, you know, girls would put themselves out there. But not just that, but the people who knew about it, the people who stood aside, um, the people that kind of thought but didn't want to say anything. um, That was that's my whole thing. I mean, how could you go for so long and continue to do that? without anybody knowing there was people that knew i saw a um an interview because it was almost accepted not the yeah. right part but sleeping with somebody to get a part the, the casting I, couch yeah and i thought with the advent of aids and stuff like that that it would you know these people would be nuts to you know just want to have sex with someone they didn't know but apparently you know it did it, yeah. it continued a lot and um but then he crossed the line. And, yeah. you know, on any set when you were a young actress, man, it's usually the first AD or the second AD. Those are yeah. assistant directors that have no power anyway. Say, come on, honey. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to some people for you. Yeah. So it was rampant. But like, you know, I've said five times, he absolutely crossed the line. I watched an interview, uh, a Joe Rogan interview with Quentin Tarantino, and he brought up the subject to Quentin uh, and asked him uh, several questions about the time because Quentin, that's how he got his movie started. And he's worked with them for so many years. I think it was eight years that you worked with Harvey and uh, through so many movies. And he said, you didn't have any idea. And he said, well, he didn't have an idea of him being a rapist, but he did have an idea of him being a pig. Being a what? Being a, a pig. pig. Yeah, yeah, a pig. Just just treating girls, you know, uh, bad, you know, like uh, the comments that he's made and stuff like that. And uh, there was times when he said, I felt like pulling him aside and said, don't, you can't treat women like that or inappropriately. But he did not know about the rapes, he said. Um, yeah, and women, you know, were constantly throwing themselves um, at people in order to get a job. 
Yeah. You know, because they thought that would work. And um, now they buy their way into films. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, that I know. You just buy parts. People, you know, do these GoFundMe or, you know, uh, Kickstarter campaigns, and they actually sell parts in movies. And people pay a lot of money. I know someone who, or heard of somebody, actually worked with somebody, who paid $3,000 to be in this movie. Oh, wow. And no. transportation and, you know, food. and Oh, it's rampant. It, it's absolutely rampant um, in in the indie business. Now you're still making movies. You you you've done. I'm making a, more movies now yeah. than I ever did in my life. That's good though. Oh yeah, that's, that's good though. So you you're gonna actually film a movie next week. Yeah, I'm starting a movie called Only the Devil. Only the uh, Devil. here in L.A. and I think it's a great script. It's a really good horror film. It's it's unique. Um, Things happen there that you, you know, it's hard to be unique and make a horror film now. You know, they've done everything, but this, this is a little bit unique and um, um, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's a lot of work. That's um, great. But I'm looking forward to it. And then I'm supposed to go to West Virginia and shoot another movie called The Hag in September. The um, so, um, busy. You know, and then, yeah, then the other one, you know, I, I turned down a couple of films during COVID. Um, I just didn't want to go to Texas, for instance, and stuff like that. But um, I did a lot of films. I've actually shot 10 films since September. Oh, wow. Since September. Yeah. I have to mention some of them because Thomas Churchill did Amityville Harvest, which has great fright at the end. It's just, it, it'll knock your socks off. Um, and Joe Castro did the makeup. Of course, who's the, um, um, you know, if you want special effects now, he's, um, he's just amazing what he does, you know. And I've told him he's my favorite um, uh, FX director, makeup director since Dick Smith, who, of course, the godfather of makeup. So, and um, so I have to mention him. I have to mention Jason Hawkins. I did two films or the Bleeding Night, we just shot something called The Last Sleigh Ride, S-L-A-Y, <laughs> where I play Granny Vampire. Granny Vampire. She, oh, she's a great character. I mean, she couldn't hear. <laughs> well, what? What? What did you say? And, you know, I want meat. I want meat. So, <laughs> suck blood off the floor. And so did they have there. to bring the meat to you, or did you go and have to find your own meat? Oh, the kids come to the <laughs> yeah. house, you know. Yeah. The kids somehow find themselves at the house you know, shooting, um, you know, um, on Christmas Eve, yeah. Um, looking for thrills and chills. Uh, Elisa Dowling plays the head of the vampire. She's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And the Bleeding Dark I do with Courtney Gaines. Um, which was um, a home invasion after the home invasion when they were leaving. Um, they kill his wife and he, Courtney Gaines doesn't do anything about it. And so he's guilt ridden and the makeup on that is wonderful. Every time he walks out of the house, he sees his wife as a ghost as, you know, um, and just racked with guilt that he didn't stop it. And his son is the same way, but, He's Courtney is acrophobic. He can't leave the house. So I play his aunt that's, you know, know it all. What's going on? Yeah, but a believing dark will come out first. And it's a really, really good film. So yay, Jason. Yeah, and then I, you know, I did Clown Motel too for Joseph Kelly. Uh Clown he did Clown Motel One that a lot of people No, no, did you guys film at the Clown Motel? Uh I didn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people did. Uh, I, I I performed. I played the queen of the clowns, and oh. I worked in the caves in a different part of Nevada. The caves were part of the set. They they were amazing. Have you ever been to the clown hotel? I have not. I've never and, even seen it, but I'm very curious to go there. Well, if you see Clown Motel One or wait for Clown Motel Two, you'll see it. Yeah, okay. It's, it's one of the characters in the movie. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit how we met. Um, I'm doing a... Okay, but wait. I got okay, to also go ahead, mention, go I have to mention uh, Fuzz. Um, they're called Fuzz on the Lens. Uh, that's their production company. 
uh, Michael Levy and uh, Jason Levy. And that's comedy horror with Malcolm McDowell and Bruce Davison. I play a mom. I do play a mom in that, but she's nuts. <laughs> um, and um, yes, kudos to them. It's a really funny movie. And, you know, you guys out there watching this, take notes. Because I'm just mentioning, I've been really, really lucky. I can count on one hand um, the movies I'm embarrassed by and, you know, won't talk about them. Well, one of your, your great roles was the movie Helter Skelter. I um, loved it. I t- absolutely loved it. You played uh, one of the members of the uh, Manson family. Yeah, and I did a lot of research on them, too. And the saddest part was if they had walked to the left instead of to the right and never met Charles Manson, they never would have killed anybody. Oh, they wouldn't yeah, be definitely. in jail, but it's just one of those life circumstances. And, you know, God knows you look at him in real life and you said, what was the attraction? But he had some kind of a charisma. And, you know, these four women have been in jail their entire lives. So they should have been let out, but because of the hierarchy, of who they killed they they'll never get out but i love shooting it a lot of time uh, a director's name was tommy grease who unfortunately passed away at a rather young age like these mm-hmm. 50s um and there were times that i really felt like we were part of the gang oh really yeah and um steve rails back who was of course brilliant played manson well that's He'd when director singing his songs wrong. around a campfire and you you just felt like it was, it was just really real. And we you, shot in front of um, the courthouse downtown, all with shaved heads and stuff. And people would actually start screaming at us. and say, you know, get out of here. They thought yeah. we were real. Yeah. And, you know, because the camera would move someplace else. And we were just where we were. So I'm did, sorry, you, you were did, saying something. Did you, did you shoot at the actual compound? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we shot up at Span Spawn, Spawn Ranch. Yeah. It's spooky. Oh. So it made it more realistic as well. Great directing. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was um the second biggest movie of the week ever. The first one was Roots. Roots um yeah. and you audience out there, we used to have things called movies of the week. And um Health Skelter was two parts. Um, um, and of course, Roots was just a phenomenon of itself. Yeah. I knew Brad Davis, who was in Roots, so I was on that set. But um, yeah, Hell's Skeleton, number two movie of, of all. I mean, humbly, I've been so blessed. I mean, The Exorcist, of course, the number one horror film. Um, uh, Hell's Skelter, the second most seen film, General Hospital which I was General on hospital. two years, played a great character in General Hospital, played a character in a mental hospital. <laughs> Do you notice a trend here? Um, <laughs> and General Hospital won Emmys for all of us. And I was nominated to be nominated. Oh, um, in a- Steam Bath, you know, is like phenomenon in itself with Tony. So like, I've, been, I've been very lucky. Emmy, Oscar, you know, Tony, but they didn't win a Tony. But everybody knew about the show, stuff like that. So in that way, I've, I've been really, really blessed. Yeah. What I was saying was how we met. Um, we're doing an expo called Scarefair in October, October 30th, Scarefair. And I was looking at um, uh, actors or special guests. And I came across you. And I wanted to see if I can get you to come to our event. And I didn't know how to reach out to you. And um, we have a certain guest on our panel. Her name is Macy Sahagan, and she did Appetite for Sin. And at the time when I was trying to get you to respond to me, I saw that she took a picture with you and she posted it. I never like, saw it. I, just like, I said, yeah, she's leaning over you and she, you guys took the picture together. And I said, you took a picture with... Um, um, Elaine, Eileen, 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 and she said, "Yeah." Eileen. And I said, "I said, I said, um, can you reach out to her?" She goes, well, "I don't know how to." And it was just a couple of days that you responded back to me, 
um, it was just well, you, well you went on Facebook, didn't you? Yes, I went on Facebook and I just uh, uh, just took a chance and said, okay, maybe she'll answer her her messenger. But I figured I'll take a shortcut and hopefully if she knows her, then I might go in that way. But she said, no, I, I really don't know how to get a hold of her. But you were in the movie Appetite for Sin. Um, she, she could have gotten in touch with me. You know, we spent some, a little time together. Yeah, Mrs. Sahagan is one of our guests as well. And uh, I didn't even know that she was doing movies. The way I approached her was I approached her from her clothing line, uh, uh, Manku, uh, Manku Shop. She has a clothing line there, but she was doing the movie at Robert Mooks. Robert Mooks is in the movie with you as well, Appetite for Sin. And I uh, and he is the one that got me to get in touch with um, Walter Phelan from House of a Thousand Corpses. But I did not know that he was in the movie with you as well. So it, it all came full circle, but it worked out that I ended up getting you. How did you pick October 30th? Um, it's, a, it's a really touchy. Um... I, I, I know it was a challenge. I... It was not my first choice. It was uh, my partner's choice. He said he wants to do it on October 30th. And I was saying, um, you know, that's like a day before Halloween. And we're starting this lineup so late. We might not get any vendors. We might not get any celebrities to come to this event because they'll probably be already booked. Well, that's not the problem. The problem is so many people are out. I mean, I would even encourage you to change it now. Uh, <laughs> so many people are out um, buying costumes mm-hmm. and or putting their party things together. And I did a show. I've done two shows. I did one show, um, the same thing, Halloween weekend, one of the best mm-hmm. shows I've ever done. I can't remember where it was, but one of the best shows I've ever done, totally prepped, totally happy, totally everything, and yeah. nobody came. Oh, nobody cares. Because it was Halloween weekend. Yeah. Well, and I, I told them, like I'm saying now, I said, don't do it Halloween weekend. They said, no, it's a great weekend. It's Halloween. I said, people are busy that weekend. You know, it, if it's a weekend and Halloween is on a Wednesday, yeah. But people are just really, really busy that weekend. Yeah. Well, the way we came about it was, or the way I looked at it was, uh, we're at the San Bernardino Fairgrounds. And San Bernardino Fairgrounds is not in San Bernardino City. It's in Victorville. And being up in Victorville, they don't have events. They don't have haunted houses. They don't have, they have to actually search for it or go inside somebody's garage for a a scare, or they have to drive 40 minutes out of their way to go back down the hill. So to do an expo up here would be a treat for them because they'd never experienced uh, an expo for one. Uh, They'd never experienced the Halloween vendors that I have uh, scheduled uh, that are in LA County or Orange County. And uh, they never had the celebrity panels, which is going to be up here as well. So this is an event that's for. Oh, I think it's going to be a fabulous event. I'm just really worried. People are going to be shopping for costumes and, um, so, you know, costume or planning parties and stuff. Yeah. I, I also um, have vendors that are, they could come to the event to shop for, um, I have mask makers and I have uh, uh, special effects, makeup uh, artists. Oh, it sounds fabulous. Like so there's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. Um, it's just like I said, I hope people are yeah. busy or they've gotten their costumes and masks and stuff like that already. Yeah. But we'll I'm- see. I don't want to. I'm not going to jinx it. But if you can pick <laughs> but you're a different, be here. If, yeah. if you can pick a different weekend, it would probably be better. <laughs> well, if if it works out for us, then good because we'll repeat it. If it does not, then we'll probably change it. But we'll see how this goes. Yeah, uh, I'm with, all with for it. Hey, I, everybody, I, come out and see us. Do I, your Christmas, your Halloween shopping and stuff like that. But yeah. for that. Before yeah. the weekend. Yeah. It's just one day, right? On Saturday. Right. It's just one day on Saturday. It's uh, October 30th uh, at the San Bernardino Fairgrounds in Victorville between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Yeah, we go so. through Victorville when we ever when we, go to, <laughs> we go to Vegas a lot to yeah. football. Yeah. We're degenerate gamblers. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so uh, obviously we go through Victorville. So a football fan. Uh, very very big football fan. Are you from New York or are you from Michigan? Michigan. 
How'd you get Michigan? I don't no, know. I grew I, up in New York City. New York City. Okay. Um, I, I thought I saw somewhere uh, where I heard somewhere where yeah, you also grew up in, in parts of Michigan, but no. Okay. But New York, you grew up in New York. Before uh, we close up, can I show some of the stuff that oh, definitely. I have for sale? Definitely you can. Should yes. I do it now? Yes, do it now. Okay. I was going to, I was going to ask who your football team was being that. Oh, Dallas Cowboys. Being from New York, you you love the Dallas Cowboys. My husband's from Philly, ah, and he was Philly. watching football, and he fell in love with um, Roger Staubach. Oh, and so and never liked the Eagles, so that's how he became. I was uh, a huge, and um, I've still always been a huge. Was he banned from Philadelphia for life? <laughs> uh pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because those fans are brutal. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, Thomas can be, in fact, he just walked by here with a knife. What are you doing with that knife? <laughs> he just walked by with this huge big knife. He's <laughs> eating yeah. lemons. Oh, yeah, that a second. Well, it's not huge, but it can hurt. Oh, you. that is huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've always been a big Raider fan, and um, I'm not a warm weather fan or whatever they call it, but. I had to step back for a while. They made some unbelievably bad choices at, in drafts and stuff. The Raiders? So, the Raiders. But now I like them again. I mean, now they're in Vegas. Vegas, see yeah. what was going on with Chucky. I actually bought two Chucky dolls when when Chuck, uh, uh, when, because Gruden looks just like Chucky. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I bought Chucky dolls years ago, and I still have them. Want to buy them, anybody? Um <laughs> But um, yeah, who's your who's your team? My team is the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, how yeah. did that happen? Um, okay, I'm short a, story because we're running short, out of time. Short story, yes. I, I'm a I'm a huge Prince fan, and I've been to Minnesota several times, and uh, I just like their uniforms. I I enjoy the story of the Vikings, the Scandinavian Vikings. And as, <laughs> as a kid, I just grew up liking the Vikings. And I've liked them ever since the early 80s. So I stuck with them. Stuck it with is- them. Stuck with them, I, I, I must say, because they've never won Super Bowl. They've only gone to Super Bowl twice. But yeah, stuck with them. And, um, and I, I hard, but yeah. yeah, we will. I remember Brett Farr. You played for the Vikings for uh, yeah for uh, two seasons. He did get that first season. I I don't know if it was a fluke or if he actually uh, did something that helped. I think I think what it was was the inspiration behind it. Having Brett Farr on the team really inspired them. So yeah, Maybe. they I think they won sixteen games that season. So. Yeah, who knows why some people just, you know, yeah. they just don't win. But, no, we're Cowboy fans. We live with them. I'm a Dodger fan. Um, and we live 10 minutes from Dodger Stadium. I grew up a Dodger fan. And in the early 80s, I changed to an Oakland A's fan. To, where, to who? Oakland A's. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I know. And uh, I just a couple of years before they went to the World Series against the Dodgers in '88, and they lost against the Dodgers. But yeah, okay. but they're doing they, well this year, though. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But I, I became a Mets fan because the Dodgers left. You know, I went to Ebbets Field when it was about three years old or something. The Brooklyn um, Dodgers were gone. Yeah, but so I became a Mets fan and I went to opening day at Shea Stadium. Um, but they look really good this year. I mean, now I guess they're second in my heart, and my nephews and nieces are huge Mets fans. They grew up in New York. Um, anyway, this okay. is my book. Show me some stuff. This is my book, Exercising My Demons, and I'll talk about anything you ever wanted to know about the exorcist in there. Yeah, love Plus, the picture. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, plus, um, uh, all about my audition. I told you about the play right. and all about my audition and what I did to get cast. And there's funny stories. They told me I had to get even smaller and I was tiny. So they had magazines that you could buy the plastic thingies and you put them on, you sweat all pounds. So I didn't know how to do that. So I took saran wrap. And I wrapped my body in saran wrap and rode my bicycle through Central Park. So 
It's stories like that and the audition and how I prepared for it because how do you prepare for to act a demon? So I went to the library and got pictures of wild animals. <laughs> um, so things like that. And then meeting Dick Smith and going to his uh, incredible lab. He told stories about Marlon Brando and Dustin Hoffman oh, wow. and stuff like that. And, and then shooting it. And, you know, um, uh, the, the good stuff. Any, like I said, anything you've ever wanted to know. Plus, the beginning is about dreams, about following your dreams. Even it doesn't have to be an actor or director. It can be a costume shop or a makeup shop or having kids or a bakery. Anything that you really, really want to do and don't let people dissuade you from it. Are you so also going to have, have your book uh, there at Scarefair as well for book signing? Say that one more time. Are you also going to have your book there at Scarefair? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. I'll, I have my book everywhere. Okay. Yeah. And, but if you want to get it before that, um, I, I usually sell most things off Facebook. Yeah. So go to Facebook. It's, I have three accounts for some reason. It's the one with me is a clown from, <laughs> um, uh, clown motel. Um, and what other goodies do you have? And this is Pazuzu's head. That is what starts the whole oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they go to Iraq, and, and this is a replica of the original head. So, and that comes in a plastic case, which I don't have sitting back here, but it's a plastic, you know, things you put baseball cards in? Right. Pazuzu's head sits there so that you can that show it That is so it cool. And this is the PS de Resistance. Is my Pazuzu statue, and this is the only one that exists. I mean, my statues are the only ones that exist. My friend in Colorado makes them, and they're they're made of resin, and they're really quite something else. And besides that, um, I saw you know the original Exorcist script, of course, about twelve pictures from from the film, including Pazuzu. Uh, the vomiting scene, which I did, um, you know, all kinds of, of different pictures, which I do have a website, which is IleenDeets.com, but don't order anything off there because it won't work. You have to look at the website and then come back to Facebook. So I have that. I have greeting cards. I got pins. I got, I got a whole store. That's Eileen Deets. So you'll that's see it at your show. You know, I need two tables. Okay, uh, Elaine. Uh, Eileen you, you got Elaine stuck you, in your head, I don't know. you? Eileen. Um, Eileen, Eileen to the Eileen right, Deets. Eileen to the left. I e sit down. You know. E I L E E N Deets is D I E T Z. Yeah, and I'm, you're welcome to come to Facebook. And, yeah. You know, I might have some room. I don't know if you do it right now. You probably can. I should use my fan page, but I don't. Um, because I like to answer people. Just don't send me a private message unless you want to buy something. Really, this demon gets very angry. <laughs> you know, because the private message is a private message. And they're reserved for friends, uh, close friends and family. And um, if you want to buy something. So do you, keep, do you keep your um, Instagram uh, current? I'm so yeah. bad on Instagram. I don't know why. I it. It frustrates me. I can't find things. I can't, I can't find, I know how to add things, but I can't find other people, but it's always my new resolution. But yeah, I'm on Instagram. Like, so mainly Facebook. Uh, do you have any other social medias, Twitter? Or anything? I have Twitter, but I never look at it. <laughs> okay. I'm busy. I know you are. No, but Very Instagram, busy. I'd really like to, to use more. Um, and I keep having people that are supposed to teach me or help me do it, but then they don't. The funny so, thing about Instagram is I've always used Facebook as a social media tool. But once I started this uh, project of Scarefare, I found Instagram to be more of a tool to uh, promote it and to get it out there uh a lot easier it's it's weird that's okay really well works. promote my page and <laughs> followers I, I can't get off of 1800 followers <laughs> oh i think we're at 18 oh i think we're at 2000 right. now but 
Yeah. You've done more than me. No, it's something that I just don't. And a friend, my my manager's son is supposed to help me with it. So the one thing I need to do is send him a picture every day. So he can put that up. Well, your social media is actually okay. Uh, They can find you on Facebook. Facebook is fine. I, I, I enjoy using Facebook more because I can put more information into that. Um, but it's, who knows where social media is. it's really just easier for me yeah well Eileen it was great talking to you thank you very much you're welcome very thank, much thank you I am honored to have you on today uh for you and so we're working at the fairgrounds not as a hotel right we're, we're okay. working at the fairgrounds San Bernardino Fairgrounds in Victorville that's where we'll be we'll be in an exhibit hall you need two tables not one Mm-hmm. And we're staying at a hotel. Yeah, you're staying at the Hilton. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Well, okay, you guys. I encourage you to um, uh, get your costumes ready by Friday. <laughs> get your parties ready. Buy your stuff all on Friday so you can come out and see us. Yes, definitely come out and see us. It's a one time. Right now, we don't know. Who knows about next year? We don't know about the future. We can only assume. Well, do you know who the Terrifier is? Well, yeah, that's where, remember I told you Fuzz on the Lens that did Abnormal Attraction? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're the production company on it, and I yeah. think I, I think Michael's in it. Yeah. yeah. David Horowitz uh, and David Howard um, Thornton, David Howard Thornton's actor, he's actually going to be at Skiffer next year, but they're having another uh, movie come out on, I think, the, the same weekend or the week before uh, Scarefair. So, but... That was another horror movie that I think is going to uh, come up and be really uh, like today's what they consider today's classic. But well, it, it did the first the first Terrifier came out, didn't it? Yes, the first one came out. Yeah, they're working and, on and the it, second it, one now. Yeah, and they they finished uh, they finished it, and it's a wrap, and they're going to have it released in October. So you should get um, I'll talk to Michael and Jason about being on the show. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll tell them to uh, to check you out. Great, thank you very much. Thank they, you very much. They're great guys. They really are. They're, they're absolutely just terrific people and extremely talented and you know easygoing and oh, love for them, humor yeah. and stuff like they're they're just great guys. I've I've actually done three projects for them. That was just the latest one. So they obviously love you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do remain friends with most of the people I work with. That's great. Well, Alrighty, well, thank I'm, you very I'm much. Appreciate go it. Finish my go. thing and do what I need to do, and okay. learn some lines. And um, it was good talking to you. I'll see you on the thirtieth. Okay, thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, my oh, life, yeah, my public life as a you know, nerd. Go, go, go to my Facebook and buy my stuff. I'll go buy to my web page and see what's up there. I buy your stuff and come out and see her. Yeah, both. Okay. Okay. okay bye bye. Oh, I oh, promise you. Ahead. Wait, wait, wait. If you come out and see me uh, and mention this show, I, I'll give you a small gift. Oh, wow. You mentioned this show, you get a small gift. Okay. Uh, so you got to watch this show till the end to get to, uh, to hear this message. So, yeah, well, you could have done it at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. I'll write it in. Bye. <laughs>